You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Sports talk for the 757 from the 757. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm, I'm going to let you in on my thought process real quick because if if you're listening on the, the podcast, which can be found at ESPNRadio941.com, uh, you don't get to hear the music. The The soundtrack to Lose Yourself by Eminem was, was bringing us out of break there. Every single time, that, that soundtrack is so recognizable and it's such like a uh, you, you work out to it, right? It's... It, if you're of a certain age, you just know the words like you didn't even learn them. You just you feel like you've just always known them. Um, every single time we come out of break with that that soundtrack, I try to make a some connection from like, hey, you only have one shot. You know, don't want to miss your opportunity. Seize the moment and whatever we're talking about. So just then I was hesitating because I was going like, does Jalen Hurts have one shot? Should like I, I was trying to make the connection and I couldn't do it smoothly, so instead I decided to just talk about this soundtrack a whole bunch to start the the, the segment. You know what I should have done? I should have played the Hamilton My Shot mm. so Jalen Hurts doesn't throw, throw away, away his, his shot. Could have. Could have. Missed opportunity there. Yeah, but Lose Yourself mentions Mom Spaghetti. So Good point. Can't go wrong. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts needs respect. And... and I'm not even saying like praise. I'm just saying, but like respect. Just speak. It's important to speak honestly. <laughs> don't hide things. Don't don't lie about things. And and part of that is actually this. Like in a serious note, um, it is completely okay to say we were wrong about Jalen Hurts. Largely as a football community, we were wrong about Jalen Hurts. And I'll, I'll I was part of it. I was right there in the mix. When he was at Alabama especially, I did not think he had a a pro quarterback future. I didn't think he was a good enough passer. Went to Oklahoma, and even then, I, I, again, as, a, as an evaluator, I was looking at it and saying, you know, Lincoln Riley's making this really easy for him. We've seen Baker look better in that offense. We've seen Kyler look better in that offense. He's looking good, but he's not, you know. I didn't think Baker was all that, and, and Jalen Hurts, and eh. He's he's disproved it, right? He is a very, very, very above-average NFL quarterback. He was an MVP candidate this year. If he didn't get hurt at the end, he might have actually challenged Patrick Mahomes for the MVP. He had that kind of a season. So why, why, after one game in the postseason, when he did absolutely nothing to show any signs of concern, right, played a crazy efficient game in a blowout victory, is everyone turning on Jalen Hurts? Craig Carton was on the, the the Carton show on FS1, and he ranked all four quarterbacks remaining, the four starters, and I'll I'll give you four guesses on where Jalen Hurts ended up. The number three quarterback left. Don't oh, I you wonder. do it. In don't the you do it. Don't do it. Is come on. Don't, he's gonna do don't it. Don't do it, Mister. Don't do he's it. gonna do it. Bro. No. Ah. No. Party. No. No. Woo. No. Yeah. 
Why? Because he's got double the amount of playoff wins as Jalen Hurts. So what? And he don't throw for 150 yards in a playoff game. Jalen Hurts is the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks. We learned that yesterday. <laughs> and you're going to put Purdy in front of Michael you Jordan? silly rabbit. Tricks are made for kids. Brock Purdy, three. Jalen Hurts, of course, becomes number four. And again, no. that is not a slight. It is. That's not trolling. It is. There's only four left. So you're right there, as good as just about anybody, not named Purdy Burrow or Mahomes. Mm, should not be below Purdy. We can talk about the other two. Should not be below Purdy. He has twice as many playoff wins. I mean, at Carton, let's let's be, maybe he's saying it for effect. Maybe he's saying it for for uh, reaction. What about Chris Sims? Chris Sims kind of he 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 puts out the whole like I study film, you don't study film. I'm a quarterback. I do this sort of thing. He was on his podcast and again disrespected Jalen Hurts. If he was playing for the Eagles and if Jalen Hurts was playing for the Giants, how I, yeah. much do the Eagles win by? I twenty right. still well, uh, yeah. 30? I don't think it might it's be a, closer. I don't think it's a whole lot different because Daniel Jones is going to be able to do the same thing. I mean, he can do some of the things that Jalen Hurts. Yeah, maybe not as good a runner, but we know he's really close. It's not like oh whoa, way better. Again, if you're going to ask me who I'd rather have as a passer, I'd rather have Daniel Jones. I, I'm sorry about that. I don't know. I'm probably you're going to get me in trouble today. And this is not, but this. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, you know, but, it's just to speak more to the quality of the team. Hmm. You'd rather have Daniel Jones as a passer over Jalen Hurts. I have to admit, I am surprised by that statement. I ha- I feel like you're trolling with that statement. Jalen Hurts was the, I just brought it up in front of me, uh, we'll go passer rating. Uh, he was the fourth best passer according to passer rating this year. Daniel Jones in a career season is 14th. Now we could say, oh, it's supporting casts. We could. Or we could say it's the eyeball test. We watched Jalen Hurts play this year. We watched Daniel Jones play this year. Matter of fact, we watched them on the same field. Now, Brock Purdy's playing great. I'm not here to knock Brock Purdy. I'm here to say he's not Jalen Hurts yet. And then that and that probably isn't even a fair like that's an incomplete. But you can't put him above Jalen Hurts. Daniel, I mean, Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate this year. He was that the first fourteen games that he played were unbelievable. Now you can say, oh, what about uh, uh, Daniel Jones had a pretty good. His, he didn't have a, as good a season, and this was his career best. Matter of fact, Jalen Hurts is one of the only guys, probably four or five, I don't know, that that you can't say Daniel Jones is a better runner than. That's kind of Daniel Jones' little ace in the hole that he can pull out against quarterbacks that that he is in the same tier as. But Jalen Hurts is a tier above him as a runner and a tier above him as a passer. What is it about this week where it's like now that we get to the conference championship game, we are just going to throw the craziest uh, sports reactions slash evaluations of quarterbacks into the ether and see what happens. 
You can praise a player without taking down another. You can say Joe Burrow is playing really, really good football and he might be leveling up and and he's establishing himself for the future without saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. You can say Brock Purdy, what he's doing is unbelievable. He is a undra- or a, almost an undrafted, one pick away from being undrafted rookie stepping into a playoff race and playing unbelievably without saying he's better than Jalen Hurts. You can say Daniel Jones was a much better passer, particularly more safe with the football, without saying you'd rather have him than Jalen Hurts. And you can say, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. It, it, you can say I was wrong about Jalen Hurts and it does, your mouth doesn't, doesn't catch fire. Nothing bad happens to you. Because sometimes I think you just dig your heels in on a take. Like I said, Jalen Hurts wasn't going to have a pro future. So now he has a pro future and you're trying to say he shouldn't have a pro future. He's not actually that good. He's not even as good as Daniel Jones. And I'm nah, 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 nah. You were just wrong. You were, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong. That's all, okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm right a decent amount. I'm wrong a decent amount. It's It's life. I was wrong on Jalen Hurts, and so was Chris Sims. And Chris Sims is wrong on Jalen Hurts now. And Carton was wrong on Jalen Hurts. And, and I just, I mean, I you picked a couple. You can go find a whole bunch of them elsewhere. And maybe they're doing it for the clicks. Maybe they're doing it for the reaction. And somewhere they're in their, their diabolical, like, evil sports media layer, uh, like, which is, you know, a podcast studio underneath a volcano and and they're sitting there going he has said my name seven times in this this segment ooh okay i'm i'm fine with that you got me if all you were doing was trying to get me to to say your name you got me but i i i someone had to fight back for jalen hurts Right, Jalen Hurts is waiting. Like I'm like his his hero in this situation. Let's go to the call in line. Clayton in Virginia Beach has some uh, some reaction to the Purdy Hurts comparison. You can call in. That phone number is seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Clayton, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hey Tim. Hey, I agree. He should not be put above Purdy because um, he has had a great year. You know, and people compare people all the time. But the one thing I will say is up until this year, Jalen Hurts hadn't, hadn't proven anything really. They were even looking at moving away from him, and it may be the new coaches. But the one thing I will say is we're throwing around he was an MVP candidate, MVP candidate. So was Carson Wentz. Where is he now? Well, okay, appreciate the call. Uh, yes, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. Carson Wentz got much worse. Or so... I could also say this, right? Purdy, you're going to put over or in the conversation with Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz once fell off and played much worse. Um, Should we go find all the rookies that had a nice little start and then fell off? Because the, the same logic could be used for Purdy on the other side, right? Should we go find every... Uh, quarterback that had a hot start on a good team for seven, eight games, and then oh look, they it turns out they weren't that good. Like they, they, you can't do. It's the same thing as uh, when when the quarterback on your favorite team isn't put at the top of a list, and you start naming all of the the drops 
Remember week two, uh, you know, our, our wide receiver dropped a pass. That would have been another touchdown. Uh, in week four, our tight end dropped a pass. That would have been another touchdown. And I'm going, are you going to go back and count for all the other quarterbacks? Or are you only doing that for your side of the argument? Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's an MVP candidate. So is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, could you could fall off like Carson Wentz. It's like, okay, are you going to go find all the worst-case scenarios for, for Brock Purdy too? Or are you only counting the worst-case scenarios for – for Jalen Hurts. The fact of the matter is there's not many quarterbacks that reach the heights that Jalen Hurts reached this year. It's rare to become a starter in the NFL. It's even more rare to put together a season like this. Most of them, an overwhelming majority of them, are really good quarterbacks. Yes, a couple of them are Carson Wentz or like Carson Wentz. But a majority of them are just good quarterbacks. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. Sean Payton, he's looking for a quarterback. He's looking for a team. He's looking for somewhere to coach. Is his market actually not as big as we thought it it was? Is Sean Payton's job market cold? Stick around. Like a double bogey on a par four. The action starts at three and goes until six. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio, 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Is Sean Payton not actually that wanted? Is the interest in Sean Payton all smoke and mirrors generated by agents and teams leaking info to the media for nefarious reasons, trying to scheme and and, and shady their way to the best possible situation? Maybe. Let's dive in further, shall we? It's the Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. Sean Payton is a great coach. I'm comfortable saying that. It's hard to win a Super Bowl if you you aren't a great coach. The price is too high for me. The price to pay to acquire him is too high for me. It might be too high for everyone. And, and everything else we saw is smoke and mirrors. So yesterday on the show, uh, we talked about a report from FS1, Fox Sports 1, and, and Colin Cowherd. And um, it had to do with the fact that the Broncos were all in on, on getting Sean Payton. That's what the report said. And Russell Wilson wanted Sean Payton, and the team wanted Sean Payton, and Sean Payton wanted Sean Payton, and everyone wanted Sean Payton. And then Benjamin Albright of KOA Colorado, which is the Broncos' flagship station, tweeted out this entire thing is false. And that's that's confident, right? That's not, hey, you know, he said I talked to a source and this is, quote, completely false. That's not, you know, I'm not hearing the same things or, you know, my, my source is saying differently. There's there's ways to massage that. That's, like, wrong. Might as well have had, had like, a, like, a game show buzzer behind it. Like, eh, wrong. So I'm looking at Albright, and, and I'm, I'm looking in these – you know, well-respected beat reporter covering the Broncos. And um, I'm looking through his Twitter, and I see this tweet. This is from Benjamin Albright. From everything I've heard, it doesn't appear Sean Payton has much of a market. Jobs he wanted didn't open. And outside of Denver, parentheses, we'll see about Arizona, close parentheses, there just hasn't been much interest. Strong possibility he goes back to TV. I was like, really? Hadn't heard that. He'd been interviewing all over the place. But then I started thinking, 
Well, he hasn't had a second interview anywhere. He interviewed just about everywhere, hasn't had a second interview anywhere, and other coaches are getting the second interview calls. I was like, ooh, interesting. Then I heard Orlando Franklin on uh, NFL Primetime. Nobody talks about Sean Payton's red flags. 15 years, a decade and a half out there, one Super Bowl. If you don't have the onside kick, do you win that one Super Bowl? Uh, you put that team in Sally Crap nightmare, and then you said peace out as, you, as Drew Brees <laughs> decided to yeah. retire. Yeah. Right, So nobody brings out these things. Sean Payton wants to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner for his next team. But nobody's willing to bring up the, the other things. The Bounty Gate scandal. Had to miss a year of football. The fact that you sat there and brought in Jameis Winston, right? You could fix him. Oh, my goodness gracious, let's draft Taysom Hill. But when you start seeing that Drew Brees is getting ready to walk, you're walking as well? These are some major red flags if you're an owner. So for me... More than a one? No, I can't touch it because the sting has to end this year if it's Sean Payton. So let me let me let me let me dive further, right? Red flags, not a market. The Saints are asking for two first round picks. He the Payton's asking for twenty, twenty-five million dollars. Why did why was there such groundswell that this guy had a huge market? Why were we being led to believe that everybody wanted him, other than the fact that he's a good coach? If you don't want Peyton, I'm right now. I'm putting my I'm putting myself in the shoes of a team. If I have an opening and I don't want Sean Peyton, right? I, I understand that the price is too high. Giving up that many first round picks is foolish. Paying him that much isn't something that helps your team. He doesn't bring. He wants too much control. Whatever it is, for whatever reason, I don't want Sean Peyton. Wouldn't I want another team to make that mistake? Right? Wouldn't I be excited? If I think signing Sean Payton would send us back 10 years, wouldn't, wouldn't I want another team to do that? I want them set back 20 years. Maybe feign interest. Maybe go, ooh, let's build buzz. Let's build a market for him. People want what other people want, right? Maybe, maybe let's bring him in for an interview. Right? Maybe, maybe let's leak that we're strongly considering it. Maybe let's leak that, ooh, okay. All right, now, yeah, let's see if we can't get someone else to take the bait. I saw a a conspiracy theory yesterday, and it's a conspiracy theory, but it's actually, you might call it like uh, detective work. Um, Liberty quarterback Malik Willis last year. It's funny because mock draft season is really getting into full effect, right? Uh, There were times he was like a top five pick. The, the thing was he could go as high as number two, as low as like 16. He'd go in the third round. And a lot of that was based on the interest shown by the Steelers, right? Mike Tomlin was uh, at his pro day standing out at midfield. He was taking him to dinner. He was chatting with him. Mike Tomlin did all of that, right? Did, did the Steelers intentionally fake being super interested in Malik Willis? Because they had already decided they wanted Kenny Pickett. And they were thinking if somebody is going to take a quarterback, we want them to think the best quarterback out there is Malik Willis. Now that would be, to use a word I enjoy very much, diabolical. That would be playing with and messing with the future of a young man in Malik Willis in order to uh you know, pull the rug out from under the other competitors in the NFL, but all is fair in love and football, I suppose. 
Now, using that same logic, wouldn't you act like you're really interested in Sean Payton because you actually want Frank Reich? Wouldn't you act like you're really interested in Sean Payton because you're actually trying to hire whatever 30-something-year-old is on the Rams' offensive coaching staff? Interesting, right? Do you think they told Kenny Pickett, hey, we're going to pretend like we're really interested in Malik Willis? Or did they not tell him at all? We're not going to talk to you at all. We're only going to talk to Malik Willis. I don't know if Mike Tomlin can do it. I'd like to think that he couldn't. He's like Pinocchio. Cannot tell a lie. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Let's go to the call-in line. Nick in Virginia Beach has a reaction to one of our earlier conversations. Uh, Jalen Hurts, by a prominent national sports media personality, uh, was put as the fourth best quarterback remaining in the conference championships, which means below seventh-round rookie Brock Purdy, who's a great story, but I think that's pretty disrespectful to Jalen Hurts. Nick in Virginia Beach has a reaction. You can react as well on our call-in line, 757-687-9494. Nick, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. What's your uh, your take on the quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it's nowhere close. Jalen Hurts is way head and shoulders above Purdy. And uh, for for a couple quick facts. Uh, One, we've seen the Eagles offense without Hurts. It's all right. It's not the same without him. We've seen the San Francisco's 49ers with uh, their offense with Mullins, Garoppolo, Lance, Purdy. It doesn't matter who's back there. It's the same. I appreciate the call. And, it's a good point. Uh, sorry, we're, we're, up against, we're up against the break here, but it is a good point, right? The whole uh, the financial industry thing. I got a buddy that works in finance. Uh, he has to take like seven consecutive days off of vacation every year because and like you can't access your computer none of your logins work for seven consecutive days that way if suddenly a bunch of money starts showing up they're like where does this normally go oh there like there is an element to that in the nfl if you take away a quarterback and all these points start going away it's like oh he was responsible for the points i gotcha same is true the opposite you take the quarterback away and all of a sudden you're scoring way more it's like oh he was holding us back tim donnelly show espn radio 94.1 uh can't make it a full day without a I'll talk about what LeBron James did last night. 46 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and his team lost. I think it's appropriate for LeBron to be a little frustrated. Stick around. Joe Flacco, Matt Nagy, Rich Gannon, and Tim Donnelly. You get the latter Delaware quarterback from 3 to 6. It's the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. We're going to have some tickets to give away in a second here. Pantera and Lamb of God concert tickets. So uh, dialing fingers ready. Uh, in the meantime, LeBron James had an, an, an interesting night last night. I'm not going to feel bad for LeBron because obvious reasons. But if he were extremely mad and frustrated with the rest of the Lakers, I wouldn't hold it against him. I think I think he's entitled to a little bit of a little bit of exasperation. LeBron James scored 46 points last night, which by the way, completed the the 40 point round robin. He has now scored 40 points against every team in the NBA, the only player in NBA history to do that. Every single team in the NBA he's scored at least 40 against. So Clippers were the last ones to to go down. 46 points, 8 rebounds, tallied 7 assists, got 2 steals, blocked a shot, and his team lost by 18. 133 to 115 to the Clippers. 
LeBron acknowledges it's hard to celebrate even when you lose. Just over the last few years, just you know, the last couple of years since we won a championship, just a lot of accomplishments been ha- happening. It was an effort, you know. So um, it's been very kind of difficult to kind of even digest some of some of my own accomplishments because I want to celebrate on, on, on losses. If you put together that kind of game, you deserve to win. You should win. Your teammates should be able to get you the win. Didn't happen. Frustration. Fair. But it gets worse. LeBron is averaging thirty points per game little over, actually. 30 and change. That's good for sixth in the NBA. LeBron is 38 years old. The next highest scoring player that is 35 years old or older is averaging 12. And it's Kyle Lowry. And he is the 95th highest scoring player in the league. LeBron is sixth. He's scoring 30. The next highest person above 35 is... 12 points per game and is 95th in the league. It's Kyle Lowry. ESPN rating, which is essentially a a, a per style. Uh, They did away with per on ESPN's website, but it's just called ESPN rating now. It's a a number to encapsulate how well you are playing. Has him as the fourth best player in the NBA this year. Fourth. The Lakers are 13th out of 15 teams in the West. That's that's the team not living up around him. That is a team not living up around him. And nights like last night are are brutal. And it, and in, in a weird like everyone else in this situation, like they become a rallying point, right? Shohei is a great player on a team that's not winning, and everyone's like, oh, it's such a shame. LeBron, it's his fault somehow. From the six one four, read, read. Go ahead and read that text. From the 614 Mike and West Point. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Mike and West Point. He's also from Ohio. He wanted us to let he wanted to mm. let us know. LeBron has never left an organization better or equal to when he arrived. I think he made the mistake signing a longer extension with the Lakers. Players like Brendan Ingram, Kyle Kuzma were in LA when LeBron arrived, and LeBron is a four year and move on type of guy. I've heard that argument before that the LeBron has never left an organization better or equal to when he arrived. And I think there's a, a logic missing puzzle piece that I'm, that I'm going to try to point out here. How would you expect him to leave a, a franchise better when he leaves than when he found it? Think about, think about the situation. A team has a full roster, right? They've spent their, their yearly money on a full roster. LeBron shows up. Okay, so the we're, we're on the same page. They then have a roster that is a full roster with LeBron on it. And when he leaves, there's a LeBron-sized hole in the roster. So it's not a full roster anymore because he just left. Of course it's going to be worse, right? It's like you have a full glass of water, okay? All the way up to the brim. I'm not talking about full like it's ready to drink. I'm talking about you fill it till it overflows. Then you put something inside, and all that r- runoff water happens, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like you put it in, and it displaces water, and it goes like a like a middle school science experiment. And then you take whatever thing you put in that that glass of water out. Now there's less water in there, and you're like, he left it worse than he found it. It's like, well, yeah, he left. The only way it stays the same or better is if he stays. And oh, by the way, 
Two of the three places he's left, and one of them he went back, he left him with a championship. So I would say he did leave him better. I don't think Miami is like, oh, rue the day LeBron chose to join us. I think they're probably like, well, he gave us the two best years that we've had in a very long time. The team around him, and it's mostly like Anthony Davis health. It's mostly some some of the young guys not developing. The, the team around him, Russell Westbrook, some some questionable decisions. The team around him hasn't been good enough. The team around him hasn't been good enough. And and again, I don't feel bad for him because he's had great teammates and he's won a lot. And you know, uh, uh, you know, when when Chris Bosh gets the rebound and kicks it out to Ray Allen for the three, and they get the bucket, we don't we don't go well. You know, that's his teammates doing it. So now we don't necessarily turn around and blame the teammates. I'm just saying I can understand frustration. I can understand if not to his team, not to the media, right? Not not anywhere public that's going to make it into a thing. But if he has like a close friend or family member that he feels he can confide in, I'd be all right if he told them like, what else am I supposed to do? 46, 8, and 7, two steals, a block. I'm 38 years old. We couldn't even keep it within 15 in the final score. Like I'm fine if he does that in a private moment. That's all I'm saying. I think that would be justified. I think it would actually be weird if he didn't. And and you know like how quickly do you think all the dumb, not even dumb, the the been done before debates pop into LeBron's head? Right? Cuz he you know he's just going like and you know some out there going to say Jordan didn't it's just like, "Yeah, they are. They 100% are." Uh, get your texts in as well, 757-687-9494, because when we come back, we're going to read your texts and we're going to ask, does that do anything for you? Stick around. All day, you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. And Tim from Boston Rod, we kicked off the show having a calm, cool, and collected conversation about Dak Prescott. The Cowboys should not consider giving up on Dak, but perhaps the Patriots should consider giving up on Mac Jones. Oh. Came came in the the side of the conversation. Hot take. Um, I'd be more open to moving on from Mac Jones. Uh, I think that's a Bill O'Brien conversation, right? Now that you have an offensive coordinator, uh, you have to to evaluate, right? Because because I don't think it's fair to judge Mac Jones off of 2022 because he was playing without offensive coaches. Um, so you have to do some projecting. If Bill O'Brien thinks with offensive coaches he's a better player, I'd be interested to see how much better of a player he is. But uh, but. But I'm not moving on from Dak. I know that much. From Chris in Virginia Beach, he is a Niners fan. Can we just give Dak credit for being a good quarterback and a leader, but he just played a good defense. Sorry, a great defense. A little, little chicken or the egg here. Was the, the offense good or the defense? Was the offense bad or the defense good? Um, probably a combo of both. Uh, you know, I, th- there are certain things that are like ingrained in my head because I played quarterback all the way up through through youth, high school, and college. Uh, it doesn't matter how good the defense is; 
you can control whether you give them the ball or not, right? Interceptions are always on the quarterback, unless they bounce off like the receiver's hands. Then they shouldn't count towards any quarterback stats. That's a completely different situation. But uh, like the, the interceptions Dak through, that's not a great defense. I mean, even if it is a great defense, you can't make the throw, right? You can't make the throw. It's like fumbles. I don't care how hard you get tackled, can't fumble. So the turnovers, I'm 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 not as much willing to just say great defense, although it is a great defense. Don't get me wrong. From the seven five seven, a lot of people are texting in and saying it's not Dak's fault at all. It's the coaching. Kellen Moore just doesn't get Dak, so they're blaming Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore than they are more than they are blaming Dak. I, I'm fine if they say it's just not the right fit or it's run its course. Right? We we use the the metaphor of relationships before coaches uh quarterbacks teams quarterbacks i'm fine if they just look at each other and go like hey we had a nice four or five year run right this this breakup doesn't have to be ugly we don't have to throw things and oh my name's on the lease let's just work on it let's get through it and then then you know kellen you can go take a head coaching job or something or a coordinator job for another team i'll be here i'll you know get somebody new and exciting that'll try plays you've never tried Right, they'll, they'll, you know, maybe we'll try the pistol. Who knows? You've always been against the pistol, and and I, I just want to experiment. I want to know what that's going to be like. So it's, I mean, it's fair, right? They can, they can, they can go their other way, and that doesn't mean either is bad. It just means it didn't work. From the seven five seven, we were talking about Burrow potentially being greater or better than Mahomes, which is a outlandish take. But from the seven five seven, just because Tom Brady never lost to or never beat Eli Manning in the Super Bowl doesn't mean that Eli is better than Tom Brady. He said it's an extreme example, but the logic is still the same. It is funny when when people throw stats out there or situations and they they don't think of all like it, it happens every year with with Robert Ory, right? The you're arguing about LeBron and Michael, right? And there's somebody that watched Michael Jordan play that is saying Michael Jordan is the best to ever do it. And there's somebody that never saw Michael Jordan play that is saying LeBron is the best to do it. Even though the person that saw Michael Jordan play has seen them both. Uh, I'm being a little sarcastic here. But uh, someone the, the LeBron-Michael argument is happening and then somebody throws out the Michael has six rings. LeBron doesn't. That's all I need. And then what does the LeBron person say? What about Robert Ory? He's got seven. Is he better than Michael? It's like, oh, I didn't think you could use that logic back at me. Uh, it's I saw this one. Ready? This is a fun stat. Guess what? Joe Burrow already has more road playoff victories than Peyton Manning. And, ready for this? Joe Montana. Joe Burrow has three road playoff victories, Montana and Manning two. You want to know even more fun fact? Because all the Burrow lovers are like, listen to this. More road victories in the playoffs than Montana. And I go, and less than Jake DeLome. So is DeLome the best of the bunch? You have to be worried about how the stat can lead in other directions. Kevin Hampton texts in and says, how about we talk about the pressure that Dak Prescott is under? Any way that it's just a mental thing that he can't get over the hump? Could be. Um, I haven't, I haven't. I don't know him well enough to diagnose the issue if, if it is a mental deal. Uh, but, I mean, there's there's situations. And, again, maybe that's the fresh – maybe you need to get a new offensive coordinator, right? Just need to change it up. Fresh voice. There's, there's things that can be done uh, if he's – I will say this, though. If you're not great under pressure, 
starting quarterback NFL. Tough job if you're not if you're not great at dealing with pressure, right? It's like yeah, I I, I just I'm afraid of water. And then why are you trying to be a lifeguard? Like pressure dealing with pressure is inherent in being a NFL quarterback. Uh, who? You know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Of the four quarter, quarterbacks remaining, we talked a lot about Purdy, talked a lot about Hurts, talked a lot about Burrow, talked a lot about Mahomes, but we didn't talk about the quarterback that had the best passer rating in the divisional round. Chad Henney is today's top shot. Henny time, Henny where? If you want to be a top shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. It's going to do it for us here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Thanks to Robbie for keeping us up and rolling. Uh, and most importantly, thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, stick around and give him a call at 757-INJ-U-R-E-D. The 757 at 6 is coming up next. We'll see you in a few minutes for that. For the Tim Donnelly Show, have a great night, everybody.